Welcome back to Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Jessica Levinson. I'm joined by the show's co-host, Joe Armstrong. And today we're going to unpack the biggest legal and political news of the week as we head into the holiday season, or I guess we're actually in it right now. Uh, We're going to talk about the Supreme Court decision today regarding the census. We're going to talk about cybersecurity and the recent hacks. And just to round us out in our terrifying episode, we are going to talk about whether or not President-elect Biden is receiving the security briefings to which he's entitled. Joe, on that note, hello, hello. Hey, Jessica, yet another slow news week here at the end of 2020, as if we didn't have enough to worry about. Let's start with the census. I feel like it's something we don't talk about a lot, but there are important legal implications here. So tell us briefly, Jessica, what is the census? Why does it matter so damn much? Yeah, I mean, you have a great point here, which is we typically would not on a podcast about politics and the law talk about the census. But here we are, and it's really important. The census is essentially under the Constitution. It says you have to count everybody who lives in the country every 10 years. And we have to know where people live and some demographic information about them. And that gives states two really important things. It gives them congressional representatives, and it gives them federal funding. So the two most important things, arguably, that you can get from the federal government are representation and funding. And the census determines both of those. So the Trump administration has tried to, let's say, pull the strings that they have when it comes to the census. Uh, The first big census, let's say, kerfuffle out of the Trump administration was that they tried to add a citizenship question. And Joe, you and I actually talked about that this summer because this question went up to the Supreme Court. And the Trump administration said, we need to add a citizenship question because it's going to help us enforce the Voting Rights Act. I mean, this truly is like me saying, I need to eat more Persian food because it's, it's going to help me with my uh, makeup routine. I mean, these two things have nothing to do with each other. And the Supreme Court, after a lot of evidence, uh, both inside and outside the court came out, the Supreme Court basically agreed and said, Trump administration, try again. Should I talk about the most recent iteration of uh, the Trump the Trump administration versus the census versus the American people. Yeah. Tell us why we're talking about it today. It's not just for fun. It's not because we just have census T-shirts or something. Do you have yours, too? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've grown out of mine, though. Mine's, uh, I've been a fan for a long time. So it's uh, those 90 shirts are a lot bigger than the, the shirts now. Kind of disintegrated. I understand. So over the summer, the Trump administration said, you know what? We're not going to count undocumented immigrants or unauthorized immigrants when it comes to counting up people and allocating congressional seats. Now, no administration has ever tried to do this before. It's not something that we've ever done in the history of our country. We've always understood that the Constitution mandates that you count everybody who lives here regardless of legal status. Now, why is the Trump administration trying to do this? Because the states that have immigrant-heavy populations typically are Democratic-leaning states, and they would stand to lose congressional seats, meaning they would stand to lose power. Now, this is a 
legally a weird one because the case went up to the Supreme Court. The Trump administration basically said, Supreme Court, we need you to hear this right away. And that's because the Department of Commerce, which is charged with undertaking the census, has to send a report to President Trump by December 31st. Happy New Year. And then by January 10th, the Trump administration has to send a report to Congress. And this is actually Congress's purview under the Constitution um, to conduct the census, but has been outsourced to the president and the Department of Commerce more specifically. So what happens? The Trump administration goes to the Supreme Court. They say, you've got to hear this case really quickly and tell, you know, tell us it's okay. Tell us the challenges are wrong, that we don't have to count unauthorized immigrants. What happens is in oral arguments, uh, I think a couple of days after Thanksgiving, it becomes fairly clear that the justices don't really want to touch this. And their point was, you actually came to us too soon because we don't know that you even have the ability to figure out how many unauthorized immigrants are in the country and therefore how many people are really going to be excluded essentially from the count. And if we don't know how many, we don't know if any state will lose congressional seats and therefore we don't know if any state will be harmed. And therefore we don't know if anyone even belongs in federal court. If there's no harm, there's no case. So the punchline here is that the Supreme Court has essentially pushed pause and they want to see what happens over the next few days and weeks. And they've told this means that the challengers can come back And if any states do lose congressional seats and they can come back and say, you know what, we lost some congressional seats, we're suing again. And in that case, I think they have an extraordinarily strong case that you cannot exclude unauthorized immigrants. Now, with an incoming administration, how does that, different administration, I should say, how does that play into this? Is this something that we hear sometimes about administrations running out the clock, but the clock is ticking. There are 30-plus-ish days left in the Trump administration. Biden's going to take over on January 20th, as we all know. So does that play into this in any way? Oh, in a very big way. I mean, that's a great question. And that's why I think the Trump administration was really racing to the Supreme Court. Of course, that ended up being their kind of undoing in a way because the Supreme Court said too soon. But on the other hand, um, the Supreme Court saying we're not weighing in allows them to try and go forward with this plan, which, let's be honest, is part of a pattern of trying to erase immigrants from uh, from our communities, from our society. So it depends exactly what happens and when, but you can absolutely imagine that the Biden administration would have no taste for this and that if they do still have the ability to determine who's counted, uh, that the Biden administration would say, look, it's going to be everybody. Why? Because that's the policy we have, regardless of whether you're a child or a legal immigrant or an unauthorized immigrant, the decisions that a member of Congress makes affect you. And it's not only policy, it's also the law. If you look at the Constitution, the founders knew how to exclude people. They specifically excluded Native Americans, and they did not count African Americans as full people when it came to their first, let's say, iteration of writing who should be counted. They didn't exclude unauthorized immigrants. This one is a clear legal slam dunk for me, but stay tuned, listeners, to see what happens uh, in the next 
frankly, weeks. It's not going to be months. We'll probably have a better answer in a few weeks. Okay, so it's a win and a loss. And the other big story this week, Jessica, was a cyber attack became known to us. And uh, I'm just going to jump into this one here. So it was a cyber attack on the U.S. government. Now, the U.S. government wasn't alone in being the victim in here. We'll talk about that in a second or more about that in a second. But the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which is sometimes referred to as the CISA, because our government loves their acronyms, said the cyber attack, quote, poses a grave risk to the federal government. And also, quote, again, state, local, tribal, and territorial governments, as well as critical infrastructure entities and other private sector organizations are also at risk. Now, several government agencies have been targeted and breached. Now, I'm speaking in past tense because this is something that has happened, including the Commerce Department, the Department of Energy. And the important thing to remember there in terms of the Department of Energy is that nuclear power plants fall under the purview of the Department of Energy. So that should help you sleep well tonight. Also, Politico has reported that hackers gained access to the National Nuclear Security Administration, which keeps the nuclear weapons stockpile. So there's another <laughs> another thing to keep us up at night. The CISA said the hackers targeted SolarWinds, which is an IT company based in Texas that makes network management software to get into the government network. And it could have been as many as 18,000 SolarWinds Orion customers downloaded something called a backdoor into the software update. Now, you might be asking yourself, what is a backdoor? Uh, backdoor is a bit of code that is piggybacked onto another piece of software that allows someone other than the intended users to access a network and information. It would be like me, Jessica, hacking into your bank account without your knowledge or permission. Now, the thing here is I don't have to steal money. I could just observe your spending habits. And sometimes here in our information society, that information is more valuable than the money itself. So tell me about your spending habits, Jessica. Well, Joseph, as you remind me, I often describe myself as a walking stereotype. So uh, what would we know or what would you already know? Uh, You would know that I indulge in organic matcha, which I'm not particularly proud of, but there we are, Uh, that I am an aficionado of uh, oat milk because, again, walking stereotype, and um, that I subscribe to many newspapers like the old-fashioned person that I am. Hmm. Paper print, print media. Now, Jessica, if you looked at mine, it would be dog food and vinyl LPs. But if there were hackers about, they would already know that about both of us. So moving on with the story. That is so on brand for you. Dog food and vinyls. Dog food and vinyl, and you can't really ship beer, that released it through Amazon that way. So moving on with this story, Reuters also reported this week on Thursday that Microsoft, we've all heard of them, we all own their products, was also targeted in these attacks and that American networks weren't the only ones infiltrated. Microsoft President Brad Smith said in a blog this week that approximately 80% of their customers affected by this hack were in the United States, but users in Canada, Mexico, Belgium, Spain, the UK, Israel, and the United Arab Emirates were also hacked. He said that he expected that list to grow, so we'll keep an eye on that story. Now, tying it into politics, a pair of widely criticized tweets from 2017, Donald Trump said that he and Vladimir Putin Putin talked about forming, quote, this is very Trumpian, an impenetrable cybersecurity unit so that election hacking and many other negative things will be guarded, ellipsis, and safe. Now, that sounds a lot like foxes in the hen house to me, and many, many cybersecurity experts agreed with that assessment. I don't even know. What's the synonym for unreal? The fact that President Trump would be saying, I'm going to work with Vladimir Putin and form a, quote, impenetrable cybersecurity unit. You know, this is one of the big issues, as President-elect Biden 
has mentioned, this is one of the big issues facing our country. And there's so many things that we need to triage. But we are going to be talking um, with some cybersecurity experts that I just lined up today and uh, throughout the winter. And I guess my question for you right now is, is this really as bad as it sounds? Because it sounds kind of terrifying. Now, the answer, like so many things, Jessica, I've heard you give this answer many, many times, is maybe we don't know. Uh, We don't know how bad it's going to be. We know it all started sometime around March as if we didn't have enough problems in March. We suspect that the Russians might be behind it, but we don't actually know. We heard about that Putin and that impenetrable wall before. We do know more than anything, Jessica, that hacking is an ongoing problem. These incidents aren't the first hacks, and they certainly won't be the last. So it's going to be an ongoing story. And although we are not cybersecurity experts, it does fall within our purview of law and politics. So we'll be bringing you information as we get it there. Well, and let me try and make it a little worse. Uh, President Trump's former Homeland Security Advisor uh, wrote in the New York Times, the magnitude of this ongoing attack is hard to overstate. The Russians have had access to a considerable number of important and sensitive networks for six to nine months, because not enough has gone wrong in our world in the last six to nine months. So we certainly are going to have a lot to unpack with some cybersecurity experts. And um, this will be, I think, uh, unfortunately, somewhat of an evergreen topic for us. Now, again, for this particular issue, do we know, do we have any idea what they're doing with the information that you buy a lot of dog food? I now have kind of embarrassingly admitted that I spend too much money on matcha, which keeps me awake, but okay. Do we know what they're doing with the information? Now, Jessica, I, I don't have a good answer to that question, but if you're asking if we're going to wake up with a plane in your yard because someone turned off navigation software, God forbid, none of us are going to be able to watch Netflix, we don't know. You know, We don't know what anybody's going to do with information, but we do live in the information society, information world, information age, and they can leverage that kind of information in all kinds of ways. It has national security implications. It has financial implications. It has election implications. A lot to worry about there, Jessica, as if we didn't have enough to worry about. All we do know is that someone has accessed top-secret government networks. They're looking at our data, and we'll just have to kind of stay tuned and hope that the people that are minding that fort are minding it well. All right. Well, that didn't help me at all. Um, So (laughs) related to cybersecurity, we now have yet another security briefings issue. And um, apparently the Biden team is not going to be getting security briefings yet again. Can you tell us what the most recent reporting on this is? Yeah. One of the stories that broke today, just today being Friday, is, you know, we know that The election was called in early November and that it was a matter of weeks before the Biden administration and the transition team started to get security briefings. All incoming presidents-elect get that kind of information as a normal course of their duty, as a normal course of their their job and their role as the incoming president to be. Now, Axios has reported that Acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller ordered the Department of Defense to stop briefing the Biden transition team. And it surprised me and it surprised many a career official at the DOD as well. But that is not the end of the story, Jessica. Um, It's not the end of the story, of course, because now in a statement, Miller has said, oh, no, we just agreed that we would take a little holiday break because, you know, as we all know, national security issues always take a break over the holidays and there's nothing at all to be concerned about um, during (laughs) those particular pockets of time. The Biden team 
uh, seemingly rationally has said, no, we had no agreed upon break. And I think what you said is maybe the most important thing, which is this is against a backdrop of a president-elect who had to wait 23 days in order to get his security briefings. Now, this is bad in normal times, but let's remember because, you know, imagine we forgot for half a second. We're in the middle of a pandemic that raises national security issues. We now know that there is very serious cyber hacking that's happening. And there's all of the, I hate to say this, but kind of normal very troubling national security issues. This is the last moment that you want a president who is starting on day one, even five minutes behind where he could have been. So I I certainly hope that this uh, policy or edict or whatever happened uh, reverses course. I certainly hope that the transition team gets every bit of information to which they're entitled because that's to help us. You know, that information is so that they can do a good job for us. And all right, Joe, thank you for coming to my short TED Talk. And thank you for unpacking all of this with us. Never a dull moment here, Jessica. We are closing in on the end of this year, closing in on the end of the Trump administration. There is always, always, always myriad things to talk about. I love chatting about them with you. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thank you for getting us through the second half of this year, through this volatile election season. We've got so many exciting things to talk with you about this incoming year. So I hope you will stick with us for sure. Absolutely. And Joe, you and I have planned, you hate when I say special episodes because I, it's a phrase that I overuse and I agree with you, but we have a very special episode planned. We're going to have a holiday episode where we kind of interview each other. Hopefully it's a little bit lighter fare because goodness knows today was not our lightest fare episode. And um, we have a bunch of really exciting guests coming up, people who I would just be excited to talk to even if I didn't get to have this podcast with you. But I'm very grateful that I do get to co-host this podcast with you. I'm very grateful for all the listeners. And again, I just want to remind everybody, if you have a question, if you have a comment, just tweet me at Levinson Jessica, and we'll try and get to it as quickly as possible. Until then, have a safe and happy weekend, everybody. Thank you.